For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, folks. Welcome to the NFL Draft, the football new year here, and we are very excited about it. Uh, Ken McCusick here uh, with Film Study, and we're also simulcasting this with Huddle Up Films. Jason Smith here. Jason, how you doing? I'm doing real well, Ken. Doing okay. I still got to bring my audience in here, so uh, looking to bring them in, bring them up to the comments, but thank you very much if you want to come back to me. Uh, looking uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to comments all night. Guys, this is an interactive experience. We're watching the draft together. You're among friends. Feel free to comment. The panelists here, while we all have strong opinions, uh, we're not the only ones who want to want to monopolize the microphone. We want to hear from you. A couple of guys other, otherwise joining us, Alec Pulianos and Dan Reese, uh, outstanding uh, analysts of football in general. Uh, Dan, a uh, competitor in the Big Data Bowl, correct? I, I played around a little bit. I haven't submitted it, but I, I've definitely dabbled a little bit. So I right. appreciate it. Also an actuary, Alec Pulianis, uh, a, a tech guy, marvelous uh, uh, trade analysis last year. Really appreciated that. Dan and Alec will primarily be talking trades as we go through this first round. We expect some activity there. Already have some big news kind of on the board that the Ravens might be looking to trade up to number 13. Is there any feasible way that could work? Uh, it could It'd be a lot. It'd probably be a, like your first round pick for next year as well. So yeah. it'd, it'd be a big investment to move up that high. Didn't, uh, didn't seem reasonable to me either. Alec is uh, a six hour time difference joining us at, at, uh, almost 2 AM in the Netherlands for the start of the show, but, uh, it'll be a lot later there, obviously by the time we're going. So. Yeah. We'll see how long I last, but I'm hoping, hoping it all works out. <laughs> All right. Outstanding. Uh, we'll have other folks doing it. Josh uh, Soroka is behind the uh, board tonight. He'll be bringing up the uh, information on picks as they come due. Josh, appreciate having you here as always. And we do have some other people joining us later tonight. Uh, looking forward to that. The big news, we have to talk about this before we get started here, though. Lamar Jackson signed today to a five-year deal, reportedly $260 million, $185 million guaranteed. Uh Let's just go around the horn. What do people think about that? Start us off, Jason. Big news on Lamar. Yep. Uh, well, I have the jersey on, so I'm very, very happy. Um, still connecting my audience, by the way. I had to start a brand new stream over here. So I'm um, having a little technical difficulties. LJ in the building. Yes, 
especially for the price that's reported. I love it, Ken. So I'll be back engaged in just a little bit. I apologize for the straw, their shrimp trawler. I appreciate you guys very much. All right. Fantastic. Great to, great to have folks uh, on and able to comment. That's what the show is all about. Uh, your thoughts, Alec, what do what do you, when you saw it, how did you oh, feel man. about it? Well, we were wrapping up dinner and that's when the precursor tweets started coming in and I was looking at, I was looking at my buddy and I was like, I think it's going to happen, dude. And sure enough, it happened. Uh, obviously we were thrilled and it just, it's just been a long time coming. You know, that's, that's kind of how I feel. I always felt this was the inevitable ending to this story. And now we're here and I'm very glad to move on. And I'm very excited to have Lamar as our quarterback. How about you, Dan? You're muted. Sorry. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. I uh, won't be the last time I'm sure. So, um, you know, I, first off, first and foremost, thrilled to have it done. You know, I'm, it's been hanging over the franchise, Lamar, all the fans for over a year now. So that was, ex- you know, real excited to have it wrapped up. I think the numbers, the initial numbers are really uh, kind of encouraging from a team perspective. I think it allows the team to have a lot more flexibility uh, going into 2023 uh, cap wise. It's likely that uh, there's a, a good chunk of cap space uh, gained by by signing this extension. Um, so I think that's going to be really, really big for 2023 because I think, you know, they're, they're close to the, uh, they, they were previously close to the cap. So I think that's going to be a, a really big aspect of it. And, um, you know, I think we'll see with more details that come out how all the other aspects of the contract shake out. But overall, I think it's a, it's a, it's a great signing for both Lamar and uh, the Ravens. So, Yeah. Really excited about it here as well. And, and uh, first of all, thank goodness it's over. Thank goodness it could get done without an agent. I'm glad the NFLPA um, is done with these negotiations. You know, from from all I can tell, they were one of the real obstacles to this to this getting done, and and uh, I'm I'm just happy it's done. And Lamar Lamar and the Ravens were able to work it out. Uh, and you know, part of me says wait until this thing gets signed because they've agreed in principle, and you you don't always know. The timing is good in terms of it getting done before draft day. After beginning after draft day, uh, it it becomes a different set of draft picks that would be offered up under the. Uh, franchise tag, uh, different, a 24 and a 25 pick instead of a 23 and a 24 pick. That would change things dramatically. Also might change the Ravens' uh, stance pretty definitely on whether or not they or where they would want to draft a quarterback this year. All right. How, how close are we to number one here, do we think? Uh, probably still a few minutes away. Nobody's on the clock yet that I can see. Are you guys seeing it? No, nobody's been. He hasn't strode to the podium and and announced anybody on the clock, and that would be it would be early. We're still four minutes before this. Uh, this should be happening. Uh, highest paid contract, not fully guaranteed. Um, any anybody got a uh, got a guess as to what this might have been in terms of a signing or a um, guaranteed money at signing? I have a hunch. I think it's going to be more than the 133. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking around 145. 145, okay. Basically makes the first three years fully guaranteed is my assumption of how it'll be formatted. Um, 
a little bit on the fourth year. They have an effective guarantee that probably gets them there anyway. You know, with 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 guarantees for injuries are are, are beyond the effective guarantee. But if you have a bonus in year two, that'll often effectively make the contract guaranteed for three years. And you might have a bonus in year two and three, for example, just to to spread that money out. I know Brian McFarland mentioned the possibility of void years. This is something I really hope the Ravens haven't done a lot more of. They've already spent a lot of the 2024 cap. Dan, you know, you, you do a lot of great cap work, um, including your visualizations of, of cap stuff are some of the best I've seen anywhere. In terms of 2024 dollars and what's been spent already, are you concerned yet? Um, you know, I don't, I don't think so. Let's see where they stand uh, right now. It's 2024. So they've got uh, from over the cap, they've got 67 um, million. So that's, that's quite a bit still around. Um, you know, Lamar's will probably be a big chunk, but my guess is both the 2023 and 2024 will both be prorated significantly. So it'll just be the proration of the signing bonus and the proration of the option bonus is generally how they've done it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll keep even the second year relatively low um for for Lamar so you know that'll eat a chunk but then you know I I think I think they're in pretty good shape because I don't think they have a ton of uh, a ton of losses I think you know wide receiver was only solved for one year with OBJ so that is definitely going to be a hole but um you know I I think they've got some flexibility they didn't have to restructure Marlin or um or Ronnie uh, this year yet so I think that's a big win so, no, I think they're they're in solid shape. So, looking at next year, running back and defensive line are two positions where they're going to have to rebuild. So, Gus Edwards will probably no longer be with the team. He's got void years in his deal. Uh, defensive line, Michael Pierce has void years. Two guys in their fourth year. Brent Urban on a one year deal. Only Travis Jones is really signed long term. And Jason, I know that's a big uh, feeling of yours in terms of the long team needs of the team. Yes, absolutely. Defensive line, I think, is going to be drafted. During this draft, you know, and when you look at the defensive line, as always, if you want somebody who can rush the passer and can stop the run, you're going to need to draft one early. There's a reason those guys are rare. It's very hard to do. So if the Ravens want someone who can uh, pressure the passer, it's going to have to be maybe day one, day two, definitely. Uh, If not, then you're looking at a run-stopping piece for the future. Um, Maybe with this money freed up, maybe they can find a way to – restructure Metabike or something like that. Maybe that's how they spend the move and just kind of structure it, maybe front load it a little bit uh, compared to their normal contracts, get it out this year while we have the hit. And uh, yeah, just a a lot of moving parts. So I apologize for my lack of participation early here. I believe me by the end of it, you won't be able to get me to shut up. I just had to switch links, just some little technical difficulties behind the scene here, but okay, looks uh, like we're getting Abby here. Yes. Looks, looks like we're getting comments from from uh, from stream. So that's good news here to, to start with. I hope that's true, Jason. Yes, I, I directed I had to cancel the old stream. So I know I have people out there. I put a message to not go here to go to and I copy and pasted this stream on there. So now all my people should be joining us, Ken. Okay, and uh, I apologize for the technical difficulties, guys. I just had to get that locked up. Uh, I'm afraid to delete the old stream because it looks like it would make me delete this stream as well. So I'm just going to roll with what we have from now and uh, and take it. Also, wanted to take this opportunity to thank everybody for tuning in. I'm going to post a new link on Twitter, try to get more people here. And this is my first time meeting Mr. Josh Reed. 
So that's also uh, a pleasure of mine. Hey, Josh. Hey, how's it going? Josh, great to have you here. I've, I know you have a lot of things as a as a working sports writer out in Anchorage, Alaska that you're working on today, but appreciate you making it in time for, for the draft. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about Lamar Jackson. Any thoughts on that before we move on? Man, today is going to be a good day. I just, I, just, I, I knew there was some kind of precursors to this in the past couple of days with Justine Anderson and, and Lamar Jackson with the cryptic tweets. So we knew something was coming. You know, it's either, it either this or the, or the D-Hop thing. And even with, with this, there's still, there's still a possibility the D-Hop thing could work. Um, you know, you, you never know. But I'm just so elated that that's that part of – I was just so tired of all the – you know, trade proposal, op, you know, articles and all the whole speculation and all that. When this kind of stuff is behind us and in the rear view, it, it just makes for better for better Ravens content. Yeah, much easier, much easier to deal with this night. That's for sure. Uh, well, we're we are. We've got round one, pick one showing on the NFL screen, but I don't know if if uh, Goodell has come to the podium yet. Has he has anybody seen it yet? No, are you guys watching the NFL Network stream or the ESPN stream? No, NFL Network. This is important. No tipping yep. picks. And this goes for all you folks in comments over there, too. Please don't tip picks early. We're, we're trying to have an organic set of reactions to these picks that we all watch it on screen together at the same time, and you get our real reaction. So, so act as if you're at our house watching the draft, and don't yell out the picks off your Twitter feed on your phone, <laughs> you know, and uh, and uh, make us all pissed off about it anyway. So anyway, we're... Uh, uh, we're thrilled to have you, and uh, and I think this will be a lot of fun. Uh, we've we've seen we talked about a little bit of, of things in terms of pick a move up to pick thirteen. We'll have some time to still talk about that. I don't think it's a real rumor. Uh, there's been other people who are have us trading number twenty two for the Cardinals thirty four and Hopkins, which I don't think I think that would be an awful lot of draft capital to go for Hopkins. But uh, what would you guys think about that, particularly the trade guys? Oh, I'll go first. That was, that was kind of the first thing that kind of came to my mind when I saw that. I was like, oh, man, are they, would, would 22 to 34 make sense? I mean, if you go by what everybody's saying as far as like everybody only having like 17 first round grades on prospects this year. So when it's still when you, the guy that you pick at, you know, 22, you could still conceivably get him at 34, maybe. Um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of mixed feelings about it. I mean, I just I just depends on how much of the contract that the Cardinals be willing to eat would be like my only hang up on it. If the, if the Cardinals are willing to eat majority of that contract, then, you know, maybe, but um, I, I don't know. It depends on, um, you know, what, who's, who's on the board at the time. It'd be one of those picks that one of those trades where it'd have to happen kind of in the moment during that 10 minute block between, you know, when the Ravens are actually on the clock for me. Yeah. I think you, I think you hit it on the head for me, uh, Josh. Uh, it's all about how much money they, they, uh, the Cardinals eat, you know, $19 million, if that is all coming across, that's that's way too high of a draft uh, draft capital to give. You know, it's got to be a lot lower. Uh, the only reason I would I would pay that high of uh, draft capital would be kind of like what we did with Roquan last year. Is if uh, if the prior team like the the Cardinals are going to take a significant chunk of the first year um, uh, first year cap hit or cash payment, and that only impacts it if. DeAndre doesn't want another contract. If he, if he wants a contract, then that doesn't actually save you anything because it's a whole new set of cash that you're paying. So, um, you know, the difference between 22 and 34 based on JJ is about a mid third. So it's not terrible, but uh, they'd have to eat quite a bit of the cap for me to be uh, happy with that. Yeah, that's what I get to. Is number 74 equivalent, roughly 220? Yep. Yeah, yep, exactly. 
So that's a that's a lot to give for DeAndre Hopkins making 19 million and 14 million, I think, in the next two years on his contract. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a chance that Patrick Queen, and this is one, this is the other way the Ravens had they actually had three ways before the draft, trade down, which they still have, of course, trade Queen is possibly two, and they had trade option three, which was trade Jackson, but that ain't happening now. So it's it's uh, and, and we're happy, by the way. I'm not suggesting anything other than that. But uh, but trading Patrick Queen, what, what do you guys see on that tonight? Yes. Um, hey, I'll go first on this one. I would rather trade for DeAndre Hopkins and trade back at this point than to trade Patrick Queen because, man, it really looks like the Ravens are all in right now. It really looks like the Ravens are all in. We're close. If the trade back, the Cardinals pick 34th right now. Ravens pick 22nd, the value in between those picks, and then you get into the contract, how much of it does Arizona eat? There's some gray area in there as far as what the value for each of those are. So if you were to ask me, you can trade back to 34, maybe pick up DeAndre Hopkins, or maybe to your point, Ken, pick up another pick in this draft. That may be, that may be a good way to go to be able to um, kind of fulfill our needs. But the, you know, I was, in, for, in favor of trading Patrick Queen most of this offseason because of the lack of draft capital and because with Roquan here, I don't see us spending the resources to pay two inside linebackers long-term. So I was on, on board, cash in on Patrick Queen while you can, while his value's high. I even suspect that Patrick Queen might want to move on to be the Mike linebacker somebody, to eat up all those tackles, and not have to compete with Roquan for the tackles, to answer the questions on whether he's a pure Mike, and to make his money too. So I think it's still very likely, but, um, you know, a worst case scenario, if he's not here, we'll have to fill in linebacker, but having Patrick Queen and, and uh, Roquan together was magic last year and an all in year, it would be magic this year too. So I'll be happy either way, as long as it's uh, looks good on paper. All right. I say other, other responses on that. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm with, I'm with Jason there. I'd rather you guys, I'd rather them keep Patrick, Patrick Queen and Roquan together one more year at his current price, and then you know if you pick up his fifth year option, then trade him, trade him potentially next year. But I'd rather give me two, give me one more year of Patrick Queen and Roquan for this year, um, and and I'd, I'd rather have that than trade him away, especially given the weak inside linebacker class this year. It's like who are you going to replace Queen with that would be comparable to what we saw from him second half last year. Let me take the other side of that for a second. And just, just a devil's advocate here. Doesn't that make that the perfect time to trade Patrick Queen? Is it the, the inside linebacker class is tremendously weak? The Ravens are set at their mic spot. I'm always been a huge favor in favor of platooning at that will spot anyway. And you know, the Ravens can play a safety in a dime situation. You can have a two down will, whether that's Harrison or Josh Ross or whoever it might be, uh, be in their guy or, or DeMarvian Overshone they go out and get in this draft, let's say somebody who who's available later in the draft, I, I would think um, that that might be a guy uh, Ravens could do. It doesn't it kind of make it the perfect time to trade Patrick Queen because you have to decide on the fifth year option before this season is played, not after. Right. Yeah, and I mean, Ken, if you love uh, Josh Ross. Go I'll go ahead. Yeah. Josh Ross. Sure. But I, I would think he would need competition. Right. Wouldn't you, Josh? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I just don't know how confident you'd be in that competition coming from this year's crop, or you know, street free agents. I, I, I don't think, I don't think the Josh Bynes route is the way to go again. You know, if you're going to pair somebody with with Roquan, it'd have to be somebody you know, either either young or inexpensive, preferably young and inexpensive. 
I wanted to say, Ken, I don't know if you can see it in the comments, but Buddy Shrimp Trawler brought up a comment a little bit out of the scroll range, but not too far away. Maybe we want Bo to Baker. Now, that, that's a comment that I would have said, nah, no way, until we were looking into Adrian Amos uh, so heavily from the Bears. So you're talking about, Ken, your, your dimebacker, uh, a fit for the team with Kyle Hamilton that can co-handle the slot, co-handle strong safety, played three safeties a ton this year. Uh, Buda Baker, you know, I can't bring up the comment, though, but uh, that's an interesting idea I just saw in the comments there from my buddy Shrimp Trawler. Big money guy. He's just been signed. Uh, you know, cap hits are 14.8, 16.9, 18 the next three years. There is about only less than $4 million of bonus in there each time. So it's it, that'd be a lot of money to take on for the Ravens. I'm not saying it's impossible. Good player, certainly, but uh, but that would be – that would be quite a lot of salary to take on. Sure. Be. Maybe that's negotiated within the trade as well. Like we were talking about for Hopkins. So um, that, that is a good idea though. Cause Buda Baker, man, you talk about a guy at the peak of his and somebody, we were talking about the fit for Brian branch cannon guys, like Buda Baker is that guy and he's already that guy. So if you want to address your secondary by adding a player like Buda Baker, I mean, wow, you're looking at, you know, one of the better secondaries in the, in the NFL Still need that left outside corner, though, guys. Yeah, I think the with back back to Patrick Queen. I think the fifth year option kind of plays a an interesting aspect of the decision, and I think that decision has to come uh, before May first, so in the next couple of days. So, uh, and, and the fifth year is fully guaranteed, so it's not like they can, you know, uh, make a. It's kind of a it's a firm decision, right? So, um, and that could complicate things if you're looking to trade him. So I think looking to trade now is a good option because it gives the other team the decision on what they want to do. Right. So, uh, so I think there's, there's definitely, um, it's definitely a possibility that they, they look to, to move on from him. Um, because I, I don't see them using the fifth year option. And I think that can, um, you know, could, could tax the relationship a little bit during the season. So, yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Same thing with Hollywood. I was going to say they did yes. the same thing with Hollywood last year, traded them before they had to make the decision, and then let Cardinals make the decision. So, I, I'm in support of that move too. Now that you know, that seeing all sides of it, you know, I, I wouldn't, I would love it, but also wouldn't hate it. It's uh, it. Patrick Queen is a very good football player now, and and the, that combination inside linebacker is awfully good. So I don't want to pretend like you're giving away nothing, but you know the hardest part about being a general manager has to be deciding what you're not going to pay. So um, anyway, uh, that's that's uh, the hardest part of the game, and and it's what the Ravens really need to face right here. Uh, so are they not going to pay for a running back? Are they not going to pay a lot of draft capital for? Various positions are they not going to, uh, you know, pay inside linebacker and just have one again as their guy? So, lots of choices to be made, and uh, and uh, those difficult ones are are what are the really difficult things about franchise building. It's not the just put it on the credit card, go get them, make it happen, Ravens. It's not that stuff. That's that's you know that's the easy, non thought way of being a GM. That's frankly that's you know. Credit card debt is run up on exactly that principle. <laughs> you know, if, when I was young, I ran up credit card debt, and 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 that kind of thing is, is because you know, like, oh, I'll, I'll always have time, I'll always have time. 
I know, Alec, you just bought a big new house. That's, that's something that uh, uh, you undoubtedly are very familiar with as well. Oh, yeah, man. It's always uh, looking at cash flow, looking at what you can afford, and the next big house project. But, uh, yeah, I mean, with we talked about on the show we did, uh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago with um, the PQ decision point. I think the only thing I have to say about it at this point is think about it as an in-season trade for PQ at this point because you probably could get a third round pick for him, maybe even more this year. And you're just basically choosing to trade uh, this year's third round pick to have Patrick Queen still in your roster. Yes. Hey, Ken, I want to respond to you. We we don't have to, we don't have to be the saints all of a sudden, but there is a balance. There is a balance. You got Lamar from age, what, 25 to 29 now, whatever it may be. This is, should be the peak of his career where his legs are still deadly. You know, maybe not his 23-year-old legs or 22-year-old legs, but still a major, major factor over other quarterbacks. And his passing acumen, the more experience he gets, is 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 as good as it's going to get uh, or is going to keep improving as well over this period. So, yeah, no, I don't want to go into cap hell, you know, quote, unquote, but to push it, to push it all in for these next three years, we don't have to purge after that, like the Rams or the 2002 purge, but to kind of – Alter new era of the cap is Jim 20. Our friend, Mr. Katz says in the uh, comments, it is kind of a new era of the cap. If you're going to compete with some of these other teams who are pushing more chips forward, you have to, you have to push some of your chips forward as well, in my opinion. Okay. I have to respond to that. Now that that's true, but the Ravens also just today entered a new era in terms of who they are as a franchise. They have a second franchise, second contract quarterback. The, the party is over in a certain sense, and the harder decisions now come. So as much as we, I, w- I have been a tight ass in terms of cap dollars for the last three or four years, because I always believe it's important, I'm going to be more so the next five. Every decision has to be very closely scrutinized for cap value. Uh, and, and the Ravens, you know, a bigger thing, maybe more than anything, the CBAs, the last couple of CBAs, have completely changed the nature of how important it is to be good at drafting as opposed to being able to trade for your talent and get it the, at the NFL level. That, that strategy worked in the 1970s. It, it, it worked for George Allen. It worked for, for the Rams and, and for the uh, uh, Redskins doing that kind of thing. They traded all their, their, their first-round picks, never thought back a, 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 about it. I'm talking about the Rams of the 70s now. But, but the, it, it doesn't work anymore, even though we've got the Rams as a recent counterexample to that. It doesn't work anymore because the CBA has veteran contracts at this point and rookie contracts shoved down and slotted at this lower level, which make them so much the bargain that you need to have. So uh, uh, just a, a, a counterpoint. Like Dan, I see you reacting to that over there. Oh yeah, I, t- I totally agree. Um, you know, you look at the Eagles. That's because they have a rookie QB, right? That's a totally different thing. Co- totally different situation with their cap. We're no longer in that conversation, right? Mm-hmm. We're more like the Chiefs, who just cut their best wide receiver last year because he was going to be too expensive. So it's going to be really tough, right? You look at uh, you know some of the other teams spending money. You got Bears, things like that. You know, all those rookie contracts. It totally totally changes things. So. Uh, you know they're going to have to they're going to have to play it tight with the cap. Um, you know they can they can go aggressive over the next year or two, but and, and hope um, that the that the cap level increases significantly. But you know you're you're still setting yourself back relative to everyone else. If the cap level increases, it increases for everyone. 
you're still behind the eight ball if you've spent a lot of it ahead of time. So um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what decisions are made. So with the void years, you guys are saying we just did these void years just as a one time thing, just in case Lamar didn't take the deal so we could field the team this year. This isn't uh, the new Ravens strategy. I hope that'd, not. That'd be my bet. Yeah, that'd be my bet, Jason, is that, uh, you know, that it was exactly like you said, you know, we, we had to do it in order to just be three million dollars uh, under the cap. They were going to have to restructure everybody max restructure if they didn't get the, the deal done. So uh, it was kind of by default, but not, not by choice. I mean, we could have restructured Marlo or Ronnie, had them sitting there too. So They I mean, were going to. They that's were going way, to do that before the year started. That's how the Ravens have used the credit card before, you know, extending guys and, and been in a bind is just giving their money up front and, you know, hurts the cap later. But um, but yeah, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. I don't think that, like I said, he's somebody in the comments, John, saying the Ravens uh, don't and never will operate undergoing all in in all caps. But yes, there's a difference between going all in and uh, being a little more aggressive during the prime years of your quarterback. So I could, that's all I'm saying. Uh, it's not black and white. Yeah, I hear where you're coming from, being strategically aggressive. And, yes. And but at, at, at the same time, I'm still in, the, in belief that like, you know, this. I know the Ravens like know that you know they can't operate the way they always have in a certain extent, and but at the same time they they have core organizational values and beliefs, especially when it comes to cap spending and especially when it comes to to, to draft capital. Like Eric Costa, if people want to stay as cliche all they want, but the draft really is the lifeblood of this organization. And when you're paying when you're paying your quarterback what they're going to be paying him in the next you know two three two three years, you know. It's, it's, it's really going to have to be that more important than ever. I mean, everybody was talking about how, how integral the Chiefs draft was last year to the Super Bowl run this year. That's kind of how the Ravens are going to have to be, you know, going going forward the next you know, five or six years with, with Lamar. You know, you're going to have to make tough decisions and you're not going to be able to pay top dollar to, you know, to keep your guys. You're going to have to, like, oh, yeah, we're going to, who's going to be their Kelsey? You know, Andrews is going to be their Kelsey, right? You know, so that means they're not, they're not going to be able to, you know, have a tight kill or be able to ever pay, maybe even pay Rashad Bateman big money deal if they're going to have Mark Andrews as their Kelsey and just keep reloading through the draft year after year. It's a fun topic. It looks as it says the pick is in, Ken. Yeah. So we're getting close, buddy. We're getting close. So when when picks go in, I'll I'll just raise a finger to the panelists here and we'll we'll uh, we'll call out the pick. And uh, Goodell will stride to the podium here. Has has Bryce Young moved around yet? I saw him get him fix his jacket. I saw him get him oh, fix his jacket. I was, I was, uh, uh. Yep. That's the way I was with my Lamar jersey today. <laughs> He's been making sure he looks good the whole time. Yep. <laughs> on a, on a right, funny little side note. Oh, okay. Go ahead. And Bryce Young is the guy from Alabama, number one. Uh, yeah, we had this discussion on on the quarterbacks. I actually, had it with Gabe Ferguson. He'll be joining us, I hope, another night on this draft. Uh, that uh, I didn't really believe Bryce was the number one guy in this draft, uh, even among the quarterbacks. Uh, Jason, where do you sit on this? Didn't study the quarterbacks a ton, but uh, I did do some digging on this, and basically, it's the processing skills of Bryce Young and his pro readiness that one scouts over over his height. Uh, you know, if you want to pick a quarterback in this draft. He's the one that's ready to play right now, right away. C.J. Stroud has some Ohio State stuff that he needs to work out. Anthony Richardson has some developing. Will Levis still makes poor decisions on the college level. Bryce Young doesn't. 
He's pro-ready from everybody you hear, even when you just go behind the scenes and try to ask questions. They're like, oh, yeah, this guy's Bryce got it. He can recite the whole playbook back to you within then. So, you know, I'm kind of hype biased myself, Ken, when it comes to quarterbacks. <laughs> but as, as soon as Carolina traded up, that's when I figured it was going to be for Bryce Young because, again, he's the guy that can win right now. And I feel like they think they can win now in that division, even with, all, with what Atlanta has done already. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Yeah, yeah, I'm a little disappointed. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm a little disappointed. I mean, I was really hoping that they would do something a little bit bolder after trading all those assets and go with a guy like uh, Richardson, who I think has the highest ceiling in this draft. Um, But, you know, they did the extremely predictable thing, even though, honestly, when they first traded for the pick, I thought it was going to be Shroud, um, just because I think that's where the buzz was at the time. And then it shifted back to Young, who it's like always been, right? Like before, last year, everyone was talking about how Young was going to go first overall this year. And, and what, look what, like everything came full circle. Yeah, I thought I thought the, the immediate CJ Stroud hype after they traded up to number one, everybody was saying, oh, it's going to be Stroud, it's going to be Stroud because Frank Reich doesn't like short quarterbacks. I thought that was like the dumbest thing I ever heard. Like I was like, you're, you're basing your analysis off of the historical fact that he's been stuck with taller quarterbacks and that the teams that he's worked for have drafted or traded for taller quarterbacks. Doesn't That doesn't make any sense. You take the best prospect. You don't trade all the way up you know, to number one for a guy for simply the fact that he's six, he's six, four or whatever tall uh, Stroud is. And, you know, like I, I just think people kind of overthink these things sometimes and, you know, the kind of paralysis by analysis thing, you kind of over, over nitpick a guy. And I mean, to me, Bryce Young has always kind of been the, been the dude. I know he's a little undersized, but it's not like we're talking about Kyler Murray here where, where his game is reliant on his, his, his running ability. I mean, this dude can cut you from the pocket too. So Bryce Young was kind of my QB one this whole, throughout this whole process too. And I'm not surprised in the slightest. So we've got at least three different QB run uh, ones among these five, but it sounds like that uh, we have Bryce and Bryce Young is the favorite of both Jason and Josh. Where are you, Dan, in terms of who is your number one quarterback? Oh, uh, I didn't really study them too much, but I think, you know, you, you hear about the, um, you know, the, the Richardson ceiling. And I think that's where I would have, would have gone to as well. Um, I just think uh, his potential is just, is too high for me to ignore. So I, I would have gone with that, um, you know, admittedly not watching too much of any of them. So. All right, we got. I, I got to say this right now. Good comments from from Shrimp Trawler and Jim Twenty Eyes, both giving us specific tid, tidbits on Bryce Young. If you do that, maximizes your chance that your comment will be shown on screen. So I'll just tell you that that's good stuff, and we uh, we want to make sure we get to that kind of stuff. Uh, we got a the big board. Uh, Jason's big board is linked in the comments right now. Definitely worth a look. Uh, we're coming up on the on the. I don't, I don't see them on the clock yet, but they must be on the clock since the pick has been made. Uh, who do we see going next? This one is going to be an interesting one. This has been where the talk has really... Uh, Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, escalated over the last hour to a ton. Uh, the betting markets are just like all over CJ Stroud right now. It's, I think it was like negative 2000 or whatever. Like it was just, it, 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 the money is all with CJ Stroud right now. Whether that means Houston is going to do it or someone's going to trade with Houston, I don't know. But uh, I, I think this pick could hugely de- determine what happens next and whether there's trades. And I think it, it'll really have a lot of downstream impact. I think it has to be quarterback. I mean, you, if you just look at the, the Texans depth chart right now, I mean, when you're looking at Case Keenum and, and Davis Mills and EJ and, and Perry, AJ Perry, whatever the guy's name is, I mean, I, I wasn't really buying the hype of, of a defensive player at, at, at uh, second overall. I think it's got to be quarterback because you can't go into the, your your uh, your season with those guys. It's interesting because when I try to predict the top of the draft, just from a Ravens perspective, I always don't worry about who's picking and figure the trades will happen. The quarterbacks will get pushed up to where I believe they will go. And for me, that's that's where Stroud and Richardson enters the enters the room for me. I could see either one depending on what what you want in a quarterback. You know, I I like Richardson a lot. I really do. Um, the way the ball come come off his hand, it just looks different. It looks different. Uh, it shoots out of his hand, and of course, his athletic skills. So if you're going to have to develop somebody and you're tr- you're trusting your coaching staff and you're trusting the work ethic, all the stuff we don't get to see and know about these prospects, how good are they in the classroom? How quickly do they pick up things? Maybe Anthony Richardson's the guy that you want walking in your building every day uh, to lead your team for the next five years. Maybe you'd love CJ Stroud for those reasons. So when I'm stacking the board, I, I you know, kind of figure, hey, we're going to have quarterbacks go early because they usually do. Some will fall. We've seen Malik Willis last year fall. Saw Aaron Rodgers fall a long time ago. They will fall too. But in this draft with a weak top half, I kind of feel like this pick will be a quarterback. I guess we're going to see. Pick is in. There we go. C.J. Stroud, Ohio State, is the number two pick. Uh, A lot of people would consider him the safest QB in this draft. Obviously, Bryce Young, the height issues. C.J. Stroud is the kind of a normal quarterback height to be a pocket passer. Uh, Richardson is certainly as well, but uh, has some other issues with regard to accuracy currently. So uh, this is an interesting pick. Uh, I didn't really buy anybody else cracking that top three group. Hendon Hooker is older. Will Levis is a, a guy who's had a lot of issues competing in the SEC uh, at Kentucky. Did you see anybody else as being close to that top three group, Jason? You know, I, I think it's flavor choice and what you know behind the scenes on Anthony Richardson. I think he could very well be picked within these next three picks, uh, three, four, five, top five guy. Because, uh, like I said, what you see on films, one thing, what you know about them is a totally different thing when it comes to quarterbacks. Oh, for so, me, it was oh, – go ahead. No, please. Oh, oh yeah, I was going to say, um, to me, the, the best landing spot for Anthony Richardson, to me, was always the Colts, just because of of, of, of what, their, what their head coach did with Jalen Hurts. 
as far as developing he's developing him and his career arc to start off, you know, kind of relying on his legs early on in his career, then developing him more as, as, as a passer. Made the most sense for me. I'm glad that the Texans didn't overthink this pick with, with, with Stroud. To me, he has the highest floor of anybody in this draft. I mean, as far as clean, as far as, you know, um, intangibles and, and height and, and weight and all that kind of stuff, just really no – I mean, like, like, yeah, people want to back on Ohio State quarterbacks, but I mean, of, of the guys that have come out in the last, you know, 10 years or so, I feel like Stroud is the best of the bunch. Now, I, I'm not a privy to this, but uh, the Texans didn't like CJ, but the owner stepped in to force the pick. Does this sound right? Well, there's been a lot of talk about the coaches, and, you know, that's why they were out on the, the quarterbacks and looking to defenses that no one, no, no. None of the coaches were sold on any of the QB prospects. So that's why there was the, the discussion about whether they would trade or go defense. But uh, I don't know whether that's really true or, you know, what happened. But um, there was there was discussion that the owner was like, no, we're, we're overthinking this. Just get a quarterback. You know, we have the number two pick. Let's, let's just pick which one you like and do it. So, uh, which, you know, there's – there's some logic too, but um, I think the the tough thing is that Houston has so many holes there. Their team is a mess. It's a poor quarterback that has to go to them versus Carolina or in Indianapolis or something like that. So, man, it's it's going to be rough for CJ Stroud. For the two thousand before the two thousand three draft, they had a number of very clever NFL commercials. In fact, Ray Lewis really was reintroduced to the NFL in that two thousand three draft after the the years after the trial and, and the Super Bowl win and all, but as a commercial property is really reintroduced then. And uh, 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 one of the things they had was a commercial of the, of about the draft that showed um, the Texans quarterback, help me out with the name here. Cause he is. David his brother, Carr. Yeah. David Carr. He put, his, his brother played for the giants. I was thinking, but anyway, he, he, or, or uh, maybe he did later, but anyway, he's lined up under center. There's a running back and there's one wide receiver and there's no other players on their field lined up against 11. And he goes, wait to see who, if your team fills a hole they need kind of thing was, like, was the caption on this. I thought that was a, a hilarious way to do that commercial. So odds on this pick being traded. Number three pick. Very high. Uh, very high. <laughs> don't need a quarterback. Yeah. Probably looking to get out. Uh, just put it up to the people there in the comments. But we will, we will see. That's the big question here. Does somebody like Anthony Richardson or Levis good enough to move up go ahead of the Colts who could make a pick uh, for a quarterback are the Colts going to be the one that has to trade up to avoid somebody skipping them. So this is the fun part of the draft right here. Luckily we're not involved as far as a stress point, but I'm happy to see the quarterbacks go The more quarterbacks, yeah. the better. Let's get that run started. Maybe somebody loves Hendon Hooker and takes them before us. So the more quarterbacks, the better for the Ravens. Yeah, absolutely. And we promised people Ravens centric coverage. That's the first thing we need to say is we don't want, we want players of positions that we expect to go and and are at positions of non-need, obviously. So if Bijan Robinson goes, it's probably good before 22 because I don't think the Ravens would draft him anyway. And obviously, uh, you know, the top tackles all going before 22 is not the end of the world. The top quarterbacks going is a good thing. Uh, but more than that, it's like let's not have any surprise players go before 22. And I'm still I'm still very – uh, leery that somebody is going to reach up and get Forbes early. Uh, if you want a surprise player, it'd be nice if Jack Campbell went in the top 15 or 20. <laughs> that would be a, you know, it's a bad inside linebacker year. You got a Mike linebacker is a sure thing with Campbell. Uh, it wouldn't be the most outrageous pick, certainly in NFL history. 
I wouldn't yeah, be scared. Go ahead. I was going to say, I wouldn't be, be surprised to see Brian Branch be my like surprise shocker to scoot up and go into first 15. I mean, he's projected around 20s, 30s anyway. You look at the safety class, I think there's a huge gap in between Brian Branch and then Antonio Johnson, who I have it at number two. Brian Branch can play in the slot. He can play strong safety. Heck, he looks pretty instinctual at free safety, too. They, one team might look at him and be like, that's the perfect combo safety. He's much better free safety than the guy we have now, or maybe they have a developmental free safety. So Brian Branch would be my, my sleeper that maybe wouldn't be on the Ravens' radar for 22. Maybe they want a corner or some other position. Maybe some other team needs a safety. Cardinals have made a trade here. Houston has acquired the third pick. So Houston just picked. They're picking again. That's so necessary. Okay. <laughs> if, if, if they go for if they go if they pick Tyree Wilson, his mom um, was born and raised in Alaska, and is I'm going to try to talk to her if uh, uh, whenever he goes. So that's it's a, on a fun little note. Tyree Wilson's mom when that was, was born and raised, and actually Tyree Wilson himself was born on, in, in Alaska, raised in Texas, but born in Alaska. So how about they just pick two quarterbacks? Yeah. (laughs) They didn't know which one, so they're going to go with two. Shotgun approach. It's going to be Will Anderson. Will Anderson. I I just know it. I just know it. So who are the the realistic possibilities? Are Carter, Anderson, and Wilson realistically? It won't be a wide receiver. No, no. I I think this might be maybe they're they're, they're comfortable with Jalen Carter and uh, and want to take him because, to me, he's undisputedly the best player in this draft. So – um, Will Anderson, sure, if you like him better, but uh, but yeah, you know, hey, quarterbacks bust out in the first round, forty some percent of the time. Maybe Dan's got the numbers. Uh, we'll just take two of them. Just take two of them. We'll sort it out. I think hey, D'Amico wants his Nick Bosa, so I think it's going to be an edge rusher here. Who's uh, who's got uh, uh, bet mar- betting markets up right now? Anything on this pick, or is it not still available for who the Texans might take at number three? Because I'm guessing those three guys would make up the primary of the most of them. I bet Anderson. I, I'll go with Josh on this one. That it won't be Wilson or Carter. I think Carter still. The, the the whole situation seems to have been resolved with the with the uh, racing incident, and yet I'm not sure the teams aren't still leery of that in terms of judgment. I mean, yes, it's this decision making thing. Like, okay, yeah, this situation may be resolved, but what's to stop you from getting on a motorcycle or hopping in a fast car and doing some other some other dumb stuff, you know, five months from now or a year from now or two years from now? Well, you gotta see, you know, you have to determine for yourself if it's a one off or not. Because I tell you what, if I was doing something stupid and killed some two people in a car, I wouldn't be doing something stupid in the car anymore. Others, it's a repetitive behavior. Um, you know, it's, I think it'll go back to what he was like on campus, his practice habits. Was he getting into fights or other stuff on campus that were covered up by the colleges that we don't know about? Uh, that kind of thing, you know, lapse in judgments happened as that one was a costly one, cost lives, two lives. So, um, yeah. Pick is in Will Anderson, uh, pretty much a consensus pick 34, 34 and a half college sacks. I couldn't think of much to say bad about him at all. He's just an unbelievable football player. Uh, can bend around you, can go right through you, uh, does it all all very well. But one of the things I didn't like was he only had one forced fumble in 34, 34 and a half career sacks. That to me is a little surprising, uh, but something probably they can clean up at the pro level. I think yeah, it's a lot of these stat too, like – uh, yes, the player has something to do with it, as Marlon Humphrey has shown. And, you know, if you get to the play, you have a nose for the ball. David Ajabo is one of those guys. Can be luck-based, too. So I'm not sure, you know, with the only two – I only watched two of Will Anderson because he was just 
stud straight on prospect. I don't know if he doesn't stab for the ball or if he, you know, just wants to form tackle or whatever it is. But um, but yeah, that's I mean, he's he's a really complete prospect. Great pick for for the Texans. Seems like yeah, that'd be I, a pretty easy thing to fix to the club. Yeah, yeah, I think I think this is something you can really fix with coaching. I'm surprised. I'm a little surprised that it wasn't fixed with coaching at Alabama. You know, I, I was I wasn't a subscriber to those. Oh, he's a maxed out kind of guy. If anything, I feel like you know, like, he, like if the, if the Texas just kind of cut him loose on the edge. He could be even more productive than he was in college because a lot of times, just based on what I've, what I've read and what I've seen, is he spent a lot of time kind of reading and diagnosing than just going to hunt. So I feel like he's a guy that you know still has a ways to go as far as his potential, and he can. I mean, I think he's going to average. He can average. He's a guy that can average 10, 12 sacks a year easy. Another pick, I think we'd agree, doesn't really hurt the Ravens' chances in any way. This is a guy who would definitely be gone before they picked. Um, we got an interesting question up here. I want to try and answer while we have a little break here before the next pick is from Brandon Croxton. Brandon's been on the the, the show a couple times, a cerebral uh, man, and uh, uh, he. he made the point that Bijan Robinson is a uh, was not in either Jason or my sweet 16 when we did the show on his channel huddle it up films uh and you know we each had our reasons for it but but my primary one is not wanting to draft a, a running back in the first round well uh, you know he was number 19 on my list so he's not too far away that's not counting quarterbacks by the way so when you when you put it in those terms you know pick that I would be looking for in the in the in the mid 20s if he's still there he's going to improve your football team a lot uh ph- philosophically I'm with Ken uh this this draft pr- in particular is really deep as far as role playing yeah. running backs Bijan, some people think he's Saquon Barkley I don't necessarily think he's that good I see him get chased down from behind too much to to know he doesn't have that kind of explosiveness in this game, but quick feet can pass block and do everything. Uh, I really like Jameer Gibbs too, a consensus number two back who can be your McCaffrey or Kamara in this draft, come out of the slot, run routes out of the slot, really stress a defense by flexing out at the last minute, uh, last second before the ball is snapped. But so it's not to take anything away from Bijan Robinson. If he's picked and, and JK Dobbins is traded for a day, two or three pick or something like that. Uh, maybe it makes sense. Uh, maybe you upgrade, you reset the clock there. But after the 2021 debacle at running backs, I don't want to pay. I sure as heck don't want to pay a running back. Okay. So if you have a pick between you draft them or you trade them, I'm, I like drafting them. I like draft. That's my personal philosophy. I'm with you. Uh, Alec, take a look at this one here. Yeah. David Rakoff's comment here. Now the Cardinals have two top second round picks maybe more likely to reimburse the Ravens with second round capital for Hopkins for a first. Yeah, I, I definitely can see that. Um, I was, I was uh, sharing that with some friends. That's an interesting idea. I just don't know. Uh, I don't know, man. I really don't know what's going to happen here. I just, when I think about the offense with OBJ, uh, Hopkins, Bateman, Dobbins, I mean, there's not that many snaps, man. I know people. I know people might get hurt, but um, it just seems like a little bit of a, a little too much. All right. Well, we got the pick is in, and it didn't look like the Colts draft room was all that happy to me. No, they're just sitting here chilling right now. <laughs> hey, maybe also, some of them don't like Richardson, or don't, they don't like Levis, or whoever they're taking. 
if they take Levis, then they're, the whole half, the whole draft room should be livid. <laughs> like it's Mars Technifer. What do you guys think? It about does the, the, line, what, what the what the what the what the Texans give up to to get to three? I think it's crazy. That's what I was going to get to. Like they're, they're hopping take on us a through team it. that's slightly. Yeah. So they gave up. Yeah, yeah. So they gave up the they they got hey, Josh. Number let's, three. Let's, have tra- let's have our trade guy. We have two trade guys here who have been analyzing this. I just want to give them a shot to to do that. Apologize okay. for that. You good? Yeah. So the 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 trade that was uh, that went through was uh, the third pick and the hundred and fifth pick for the twelfth pick, the thirty third pick, uh, next year's first, and next year's third. Jesus. So yeah, uh, so you know, a, a decent chunk. Um, you know, it, it really it look. You know, if you discount them fifty percent, which is kind of you know average. Some people discount a full round. Some people discount less than that. Whatever. Um, you know, it it uh, you know it, it's pretty even. You know, it, it's not that uneven if you look at all the charts. So. Um, it's a little bit difficult to know where the the first is going to sit next year. Uh, you don't know which first as well because I think they have Cleveland's. So, all right, pick is in at number four. Anthony Richardson does go to the Colts. No Will Levis, uh, and uh, that is certainly the first big measurables guy to go in this draft. Okay, so I'm very happy. First of all, the quarterbacks three out of the first four picks. Big win for the Ravens. Well, maybe a small win. Maybe they would have won a couple picks later. But it's good to put the pressure on for anybody that likes Will Levis and then Hooker maybe even with that fifth-year option. And then also, just side brag, first three quarterbacks in order on the big board have hit. Uh, So here we are. We're off and running here, 2023 draft. Yeah, I, I love the landing spot for 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 uh, Richardson here. He's a guy that can sit behind Menchu for a year, um, and this really like really like this kind of build that offense around them. I mean, they I actually like the you know the Colts offense. I just feel like it was it wasn't tailor made for Matt Ryan last year. I mean, even, even though you're paying all that money to the offensive line, you would have thought they protect your statue as quarterback. But for a guy that can create on his own and they still have Jonathan Taylor and two big body receivers with wide catch radiuses on the outside and, and Pierce and and, and Pittman, I think it's um, I, I love this spot for him. I love the fit for him. And the more quarterbacks, like you guys said, the more quarterbacks to go ahead to the Ravens, the better. In a lot of ways, I, I looked at Richardson as the perfect quarterback for the Ravens. There's no way he was going to drop to the Ravens at 22, but uh, he would have been an exciting pick to take if the Lamar situation had not been resolved because you'd have Lamar on the tag and then you could potentially transition and have that year. That really still applies to the Ravens, who I think we can have this discussion now, maybe probably still need to think about drafting a quarterback later in this draft. Uh, you know, Tyler Huntley is there. They can they can try and do it with UDFA guys again. Uh, but there also are some guys they could have late fifth, sixth round later even that uh, could be the right call to make sure they're not tied up in a UDFA fight for guys that they expect to get. Yeah, two guys that I like a lot are um... – or DTR Dorian Dorian uh, I forgot his name Dorian Thompson Robinson yeah yeah and then uh, Stetson Bennett and I feel like either one of those guys day three I'd be fine in the fifth or sixth 
Um, Stetson, you know, makes makes the most sense given his familiarity with, with Todd Monken and everything. You know, a little on the older side, but I feel like he's 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 the most pro ready of the projected day three guys, and and um, I like him a lot. The DTR just from a, from a you know you know most similar to Lamar fit um, as far as the athletic ability and everything. He's more five year starter too, so he's got he's a little not a little long in the tooth, but not as not as not as old as, as Bennett. Nobody. <laughs> what do yeah. you think, Jason? I think that the, this draft in particular, there are, are, are a lot of draftable quarterbacks, more than usual. More than usual, when I start looking at the different names and the rankings, they get pushed up. Uh, and, you know, my only question is, do you have to keep three quarterbacks on the roster all year? Which, of course, is the special teams aspect and everything else as you're rotating throughout the year. The practice squad rules have changed. But that was that'd be the only thing I would say negative. I think that you could find a an upgrade to Tyler Huntley and a longer term solution to back up. But only five draft picks, it wouldn't wouldn't be one of my picks. And uh, also, Ken, I asked uh, in the comments, Richardson, Boomer, Bust. We're getting unanimous booms there for Richardson. Uh, so people <laughs> love that pick for the for the team in Indy. All right. Well, I think it's a great fit too right we, we talked about that a little bit you know it's, it's a really solid fit so i think that really helps um helps this development so all right outstanding Th only 324 left on the clock feels like the first round's going fast but i see almost an hour is gone we've had the entire first mm -hmm. round done at about 240 before i think uh but last couple of years have taken longer i know uh, michael crawford and i were doing it it was almost a four hour first round where just every pick seems to be you know, trade activity going on of some sort, or at least people waiting for the phone to ring. Uh, I think there'll probably be a little bit less of this if we're right about the gradation of this draft. I know that's something we talked about in our shows, Jason, is um, the, and the Sweet 16 show I did with you, is that the gradation in this draft, not as many first-round grades on players this year. No, I expect my board to be all jacked up, all jacked up. And I remember seeing <laughs> on your show – like last year, my board was really, really clean, did a great job of evaluating. I was happy with myself and happy with the way things went. But this year, Ken, after pick like, I want to say 12 to 14, something like that, I, I totally suspect somebody I have in the 30s, 40s, maybe even 50s or 60s, maybe two, three of those guys, four of those guys will go tonight. And that's what makes it so unpredictable because uh, as I was explaining, I was talking to my wife about this. You need a wide receiver. Well, do you need a speed receiver? Do you need a big receiver? Do you need a route running receiver? Do you want a receiver with a high floor? You want a receiver with a, a high upside that you can go for it. And it's like that, not only for receiver, but for every position uh, throughout the draft. Like I said, Brian Branch's safety seems like the clearest, best safety. Other than that, there's a mishmash of guys that you can make a case fits your team best. So it's, it's going to make for a very interesting and unpredictable rest of the first round, in my opinion. I doubt it's going to be like the mock drafts that you've seen everywhere. Maybe you can count 10, 12, 15 guys that you know are going to go. After that, man, we're going to see how right these mock drafters and evaluators are. We're getting some background noise from somebody here. We've got, we got technical details we have to work through on air. Sorry, folks. We really appreciate you joining us for this watch party. But, uh, Josh, you have an air conditioner going on behind you? Me? Yeah. No. Okay. All right. Yeah, nothing going on here. Still sitting. Uh, everything is the same. I don't think it's here, but uh, but anyway, uh, everybody, not me. Everybody mute individually, and we'll go through this one at a time here. I'll go through and find who it is. 
Okay. There you go. <laughs> All right, outstanding. The Seahawks peak pick is in. It's being delayed by commercial right now, but uh, we have that to look forward to in a moment. Who are we expecting at number five right now? This one I think will be really interesting. I think it'll be interesting whether they go with Jalen Carter uh, or if they're comfortable with him or uh, Tyree Wilson would be another one. I, th I think they're probably going defense. So, um, but we'll see what, what, what um, Hey, Josh, it is something in your background. I don't have anything. I don't have anything going on back here. Um, if, I, if I drop you out, it goes away. Yeah. So it sounded. Sounds like an air conditioner, maybe. Yeah. Uh, don't know if you have the TV volume on low or what it might be. I have. A... No, I, I have. I have my TV on mute, and we don't. We don't. We don't have air conditioners in, in Alaska because we don't. It doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't get hot enough. It doesn't get hot enough to, to warrant one. That sounds yeah, nice. That sounds nice, actually. Uh, sounds real nice. Maybe you want to check in, check out, or unplug, replug, something like that. But I, I think it's good now, right? It's good now, yeah. All the way, one away. It was like feedback, Josh. I don't think it was air conditioner. Yeah, no, it, it, like been, it was something with maybe your microphone. Hmm. Okay. Wow, well, we got it fixed. Cool. All right, talking quarterbacks again. Another question from Brandon Croxton. Um, uh, thoughts about Anthony Brown as a backup quarterback? And this is again, this would be keeping him probably on the practice squad because Huntley, it looks like, is going to going to make the team. I assume Huntley will make the team. I, that uh, it's tender he signed is not guaranteed typically, although they may have put in a few guaranteed dollars into it. They could decide Anthony Brown is their number two guy, but presumably, uh, you know, he's there. He's uh, Huntley has a hold on that number two job. The Ravens have to get that transitioned at some point. I mean, it doesn't I, – I don't think they should wait necessarily until next year to shift backup quarterbacks. Where are you guys on that? Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't have a strong opinion on it either way. Anthony Brown himself, yes, I think we should keep him on the practice squad and give him another year because, as Brandon said, he looked pretty comfortable in that Bengals game and – and uh, in his opening game, whatever that was, where he came in and led the game-winning drive, Ken, we got news. Yeah, we got news. The pick is in. Devon Witherspoon of Illinois drafted a, a guy I absolutely loved over Gonzalez, and that was the big. A lot of people had questions about whether it's him or Gonzalez. We 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 have a certain arrogance as evaluators. I think comes in trying to put together all the pieces and say, well, I really like this guy's judgment. I like the guy he doesn't fall from wiggle. And in the way we look at the top of the route, I like his man coverage skills. I like the, his way of finding the football. When you put it all together, Devon Witherspoon had the best on-field results of any quarterback. It wasn't even close. 25.3 passer rating against at cornerback playing in the Big Ten. So not the SEC, but big-time territory uh, nonetheless. Uh, whereas you compare it to him to Gonzalez, who allowed 7.7 .7 yards per target. Uh, and his, his passer rating against is not terrible. It's about 75 or, or thereabouts, but uh, it's also not great for a first-round quarterback. I'm, yeah. I'm not, I, go ahead, Josh. I was like, I don't, I don't hate the pick. I'm just a little surprised that it was the Seahawks, given their propensity for you know drafting and developing guys later in the round, later in the draft. I mean, you got Tariq Woolen in the fifth round last year. Great point. I just – I, I, I know that, you know, you don't always want to bet on your coaching and, you know, you know, BPA and all that, but it gets to the point where it's like, man, like, 
you, you just you give it's a given their history for front for drafting developing guys. I just I was just surprised and I really thought they were gonna go front seven here, whether it was Carter or or Wilson. And I'm just you know, a little little, little shocked. Well, I said it was going to be a funky draft. Uh, this is not a surprise. A player who certainly was expected to be gone before the Ravens got a chance. Of course, it's at a position of need for the Ravens. Hopefully, it doesn't start a run at cornerback, which would be the danger here that all of a sudden we see corner, you know, four cornerbacks gone by number 15, say, uh, and, uh, and that would not be good. But I think Witherspoon was an expected top 10 pick. And uh, and a guy we uh, Jason, I didn't think you got a chance to talk about Gonzalez or. or uh, That's OK. Um, yeah, I, I had a couple of things just quickly I, when the games I, I can only go by, by the games I watch. I do look at the stats, but it looked like uh, to me, coverage wise, I like Gonzalez actually a little bit better. But as far as the tackling, Witherspoon was the best tackler by far. So I'm wondering on these, you know, these short passes, these you know screens, these slants. Other things like that with a you know 90% possibility of being completed that they may have ran against both of those corners if Witherspoon was the guy who was able to recognize it and knock it down. But coverage-wise, I, I kind of preferred Gonzalez better. Witherspoon, definitely the more physical player. And then, you know, we had uh, the, on the quarterback, the backup quarterback talk, I just wanted to say that, you know, for me, uh, Anthony Richardson, or excuse me, uh, Anthony Brown gives me confidence that if we did make a move a quarterback to draft a backup later. Uh, like Juana Smoke said, maybe DTR is a good backup for Lamar, good fit-wise, or somebody else like that. We could do that because of the confidence in Anthony Brown to, to bail us out if it gets really, really bad for a game or two in the season. Great point. Great point. Alec, we haven't heard you from you in a while. What do you have to, to say about this pick? Oh, I mean, this is great. I mean – I was just telling the guys, you know, not my cute um, or corner one either, but a fantastic player. You can't deny uh, the production, the yards per target. And uh, yeah, I think they got themselves a great player. Great question here from Wanna Smoke. Uh, how, how late, <laughs> good name too. How late do you think DTR goes? Uh... Latest to sixth for me. Uh, I think he's got, I think the fifth round is a sweet spot for him. You said given his athletic ability, um, but I think the ladies he'll I think the ladies he'll go is, is sixth round. And if he does, if he does still there in the sixth round, I think he gets past the Ravens. To be honest, great sounds about right to me. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a little earlier. But, you know, I I think that you know, shoot, even the uh, Indianapolis team out there might want one or another team with a mobile quarterback because DTR's got the physical skills, man. It's not just his legs; it's his arm. He's got both. You know, of course, coming from out west, he's going to have to, uh, you know, get adjusted to the NFL game. But, uh, but yeah, good player, good prospect. We've just had a trade. The Cardinals have acquired the number six pick here. Uh, so, boy, Arizona Cardinals already making news in this one, but they trade up to to get Detroit's pick. Let's uh, let's have a little bit of in advance uh, prognostication from you guys on what they might have traded. This is the hardest time of the draft to get uh, this right. <laughs> But I'm, I, I'm sorry, I'm asking our trade guys, Josh, for, for okay, the first trade announcement. Yeah. So they they just got the 12th, right? So they're moving up from the 12th to the 6th. Um, you know, so probably something maybe in the late second uh, is something that they could add in. Um, uh, I've already forgotten what they got back from Houston, but 
Um, you know, th that 12th from Houston is probably what they did in order and, and move back up with a, maybe a round two or, or something like that. So right. yeah. I, I have a, a out of the box theory here. The Cardinals, well, it, this isn't part of it, isn't out of the box. They just seem to be blowing the whole thing up. They, they really do. It's just a, uh, we want to move this, we want to move that. And a lot of people have talked about DeAndre Hopkins. Does, does Hollywood ha even have any value uh, in year two? Because the contract he seemed or signed compared to the other contracts isn't like a terrible throwaway albatross type contract. It's it's a fair it's a fair contract, I would say, uh, much like if you traded for another receiver making 14, 15 a year. So I wonder if he wonder if. Yeah. Would Hollywood come back? That's kind of a crazy uh, scenario right there. Not seeing that, Josh. What do you think about that? Hollywood coming back, or the or the trade itself? Either one. I, if, if Hollywood were to come back, I, I they wouldn't give up anything for him. If he'd come back, it'd have to be next year as a free agent. Um, but uh, as far as the the, the trade, um, the, the, the you guys want me to? Say, do you guys already know what what it, what it was for, or you want me to share it now? Because they got they already announced it on. Uh, no, the pick the pick is not in as I have it. As soon as it no, is, no, I'm not the pick. I was talking about the trade, the trade details. Yeah, trade details. Go ahead, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So it was the number six pick for the second for the, for the twelfth overall pick and the thirty and thirty fourth overall pick. So their original pick in the in the second round for, for, the, for the for the Cardinals. So, That's fantastic um, value for Detroit. Fantastic oh yeah, I mean, I think I think Detroit's going to clean up tonight and, and and the first two days in the draft especially. But what I'll say, Ken, is that. This, this is huge for the Cardinals because those are two picks that Houston gave them, right? They gave them the 12th and the, thir and the 34th plus, uh, what was it, two from next year. And they're going to end up with the same pick that they would have picked in number three. You know, they're going to go with Carter or, or Tyree is my guess. And that's probably who they were going to be stuck with in round, or the third pick. So they just, they just cashed in. I think they overpaid for this trade back up. But, you know, overall, that's a pretty good deal to get the player you wanted and uh, get some stuff. One thing I always tell people is you can't make a bad bet and a good bet and say your overall betting was good. Okay. And, you, and you're an actuary. You know exactly yep. what I'm saying. If I, uh, all right, let's, uh, let's wait on this pick here for just a second. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.